Okay, dear viewers, dear listeners, it's uh, absolutely a pleasure uh, to have uh, Isaiah Mitchell with us, which is also known uh, as a guitar player of uh, Earthless and sometimes singer too. How okay. have you been doing, Isaiah? I've been okay. I've been hanging in there. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty mellow, just keeping it pretty low-key and positive as much as possible. The yeah, only way to go, no, I guess. Yeah, fucking waste of time otherwise. Yeah, exactly. So we are talking because uh, on January 23rd, uh, something pretty special is happening. What can you tell us? We were a part of a video, I don't know, musical collaboration with other bands with our buddy Ryan Jones, who runs um, the California Desert society desert wizard society yeah he runs the stoned and dusted festival that takes mm -hmm. place out in joshua tree in mojave desert we've played those i've played those a couple times and uh he's been a good buddy so now he just started you know during this the covid lockdown you can't he couldn't do stoned and dusted mm -hmm. so he wanted to do something for everybody which i'm glad he did so he he did um, a video series um, live in the Mojave's, you know, it's kind of a live at Pompeii, but not really a live at Pompeii, the Pink Floyd, but, um, it's just a live, you know, performance out in the desert with the Mad Alchemy liquid light show. Um, and you know, the band's cruising out in the desert, a very professional video crew. You've got multi-camera shows. Light, no, as well. light, yeah. Light shows the you've got, um, you know, drones buzzing over your head, taking footage. It looks beautiful. The stuff, the footage that I've seen, it's, it's really, really, uh, mm -hmm. it's beautiful. I mean, I guess it was a long time uh, since, uh, since you played any gig. How was to, um, to do such stuff? You know? It felt good to, to play, of course. Earthless did, has done a couple live at the Casbah uh, live streams, but those were after the Mojave. So yeah, it had been some time since we've played in front of anybody. And it was enjoyable. I mean, we, we love playing. The, the, the thing is, it's like the desert, it's very hot and it's very cold and it can be very windy. I just remember it being very cold because we, when we played at night, like just the hands were, were getting super tight. And the last time all three of us in the band were wearing sweaters when we were playing was the last time we played in the desert like 15 years ago or something. So... It, it was a good uh, a good reminder of what the desert's all about, but it, it's fun. It's beautiful. I mean, any chance to play outdoors in that kind of environment is uh, is a real treat. So, I mean, we were very happy to do that. And yeah, there were there were friends there. My girlfriend was there. Ryan was there. His wife was there. Lance and all the Mad Alchemy crew were there. So it felt like a show because we've we've done a lot of shows with Mad Alchemy. On, on you know going on tour together and all so it 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 had a vibe of you know a, fam a familiar kind of live music experience mm. that we've been missing for almost a year now what is uh, actually your connection uh, to the desert i mostly talk about um, maybe the beginning of your career my association and connection with the desert has nothing to do with the music um, the whole stoner rock scene. We have friends in that world. And like I said, Ryan and Ryan, myself, Ryan and the band were our friends. So we met him in LA and then he 
brought this stuff out to the desert. That's the musical bit. I mean, but me, like I would go camping out in the desert with my buddies in high school all the time. I'm, I live in San Diego and the desert's an hour and a half, two hours away. And we go mm-hmm. camp and, you know, do whatever you do when you're a teenager going camping with your buddies. And we do it a lot. And it was great. The, my connection with the desert, it's very peaceful. The sky is so clear. You can see stars in, in the center of the Milky Way. It's just, it's mind blowing. You can see, clearly see satellites going through the night sky on a clear night. It's one of the most peaceful, beautiful places you've ever been to. And it's nature. So, I mean, my connection with, in regards to that is just, it's, it's an open space of nature. It could be out in the ocean. It could be in the trees, like in a national park where there's nobody like Yosemite or, you know, whatever, just any, any place. Earthless, we're, we're a San Diego band. We more surf skate world over here. We're more California vibe, bro, dog, whatever. Not so much dusted. No, no, <laughs> not at all. We love the desert. But it's just, it's not the world that we grew up in. We, we're, we're coastal. But the desert's just right around, you know, just that way a couple hours. So Having some talks uh, in the past uh, to bands that are uh, uh, commonly um, related to stoner rock, uh, <laughs> desert rock, uh, etc. I found that um, not so many people like uh, uh, the word uh, uh, stoner, stoner rock. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's your opinion about that? Do you think it represents uh, anyhow um, your music or uh, your scene? Let's say. I mean, it's an easy label to put on anything. Stoner rock, you can put it on anything. I mean, if it's four, four, six, eight time, it's got some fuzz guitar and psychedelic sounds. You can put stoner rock on anything. But I know the stoner rock moniker, or whatever, like it has this. Uh, sound that I associate with it. And we are not that sound. To me, we're not that sound. I would think we're more like Funkadelic. If if Funkadelic is stoner rock, then okay, I guess we might be stoner rock too. If Robin Trower is stoner rock, with Jimi Hendrix or Led Zeppelin or whatever, then sure. I don't know. I think we are we more align with that kind of a sound naturally or Japanese bands or it's just it's just a label and We've never uh, agreed that we are stoner rock. When I think of stoner rock, I think of, you know, Caius and bands that sound like Caius or inspired by Caius. That to me is stoner rock. Some of the stuff I like, some of the stuff I don't. I'm not a big fan of it because none of us smoke weed. None of us fucking smoke any weed. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, any label, I guess, tends to simplify, simplify, I guess. uh, include stuff that maybe i mean i can see it being useful i mean if something's labeled stoner rock and if you like you know these other bands then it's like oh well i'll if i like this i might like this oh it's in the stoner rock category your record shop like hey that's all good and i ain't knocking it but it's 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 not me i don't align with it we don't align with it i don't know what we call you can call us whatever you want but whatever (laughs) doesn't matter I mean, you have been in uh, Europe uh, uh, often enough to maybe have a clue of uh, what the, sorry if I use the word again, <laughs> stone like okay. uh, scene uh, uh, is in, uh, over here in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Do you think uh, that really the 
sorry again, the stoner desert scene of, uh, of California, of US in general, uh, was really inspirational for the underground scenes uh, here in Europe? It seems like it was. I mean, I, I, it seems pretty obvious that that world, it's a mystical world, you know, that what Caius created and what Fu Manchu and, and Nebula, and, you know, I think Sleep as well, but they're way up north, you know, they're San Jose. It's like, it's a magical world that those guys created with, with Queen, Queens of the Stone Age and Bramp York and all this stuff. It's, it's great. I find it fascinating you know, going on Facebook and, you know, you know, seeing my buddies who are from all over the place in Europe, like they'll make a pilgrimage to go to Joshua Tree or to that zone of the of the desert and take a picture with a welcome to Sky Valley. Yeah, I think I just think that's that's really charming. And I think it's that's that says a lot to what that music has done, you know, what Mario Lally has done and Fatso Jetson and Yawning Man, like all those bands, there's so many bands that came out of that. It's pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I respect that. And I, I think it's, uh, it, it's great to see what the desert is, how it's influenced people all over the place. And it's like a resurgent of that music, like many years later, they didn't know what they were doing. They were just doing their thing like anybody, like dudes in Seattle were doing in the 80s and 90s as well. And then, boom, sometime later, it's just, it's, a, it's huge. Why do you think, uh, and also what, uh, in which way was uh, his inspirational, uh, I mean, also uh, including the Earthless 2, not maybe in the desert, but um, what do you think is inspirational for, uh, for European underground scenes about uh, these other underground scenes? I mean, I think it's just the sound, the driving riffs of it, I think, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what, what the, you know, what the appeal is. I think maybe just loud, heavy fuzz, this mystique that, you're out in the desert and you're playing in the generator and there's vans and motorcycles and drag racing and like this beer keg parties and everyone's just playing really heavy rock and roll out in the desert. You know, I mean, it sounds kind of cool to me too. It's uh, sounds yeah. poetic to me as well. Yeah. It, it, you know, and it's just an innocent thing. It's just, it's to them, it's just everyday life and necessity. You know, they're not, they weren't thinking about the future like that, but but when you think about it, it is poetic. It's beautiful. I like it. You know, I thought many times uh, that it also, besides all the beautiful images you just described, uh, uh, there is also sort of um, was a big inspiration uh, um, the do-it-yourself uh, uh, approach and attitude. Oh, that, really? uh, I don't know. I mean, I was uh, too young uh, in the beginning of the 90s to see what, uh, what was going on in the underground scenes uh, uh, here. Uh, but I think uh, this could be uh, also a good uh, inspiration because I think it, totally. this is what uh, underground bands over here now do. You know, they, they are uh, their graphic designer, they, have, they are their peer, and uh, they are everything. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the same kind of you know, the same ethos as what Discord did, you know, on the East Coast with like all the, the punk stuff that came out of there, like Minor Threat and Void and whatever. Yeah, it's, it's that do-it-yourself. That's all over the place. Black Flag, what they were doing. It's very similar. I know that bands got on bigger labels eventually, but 
it's a tight knit community and people that are into the same things and they wanted to just have it blossom and bloom and they succeeded in it big time. Uh, let's go back. Uh, um, let's go back. Actually, let's go into uh, Earthless. Uh, you, I mean, you are almost any time you have been an instrumental band, uh, but later on you you got some also some some track with vocals. Uh, how does the the expression go for uh, for an instrumental band? Is it just a pure music expression, or there is some there are some other ways that you want some other messages i don't know that you want to express uh, with your music or with other means i think as pure expression as possible with the music is our goal my goal as as a guitar player and and an improviser is to be present in the moment and make what mike and mario are playing sound as great as possible just enhance what they're doing and they'll hopefully enhance what i'm doing and just be in the moment and, and play the most beautiful music you can and people know that you mean it. Yeah, that's that's my goal, always. Why, I mean, there must not be um, a why for, uh, for Grant, but uh, uh, why did you feel the necessity then to, to sing and add vocals to your music? Mix it up to throw everyone for a curveball. I mean, we, for that, for the record, Black Heaven, we wanted to do something different. And we were going to a new label, Nuclear Blast, and we, we, we wanted to do something different. We didn't think there was going to be so many songs with vocals on it. We had other instrumental songs, like longer ones, um, that just, it didn't feel right with the rest of the material. So we're like, well, I guess we're going to make it a heavy record full of vocals. We, we didn't plan on that. It just seemed to make the most sense for that record. We wanted to do something different. It was way more different than we were expecting, which was great because we, I don't know, it felt good to not do the same exact thing, to throw everyone for a loop a little bit. We're like, fuck it, who cares? Let's just do it, why not? We like the songs and it was fun. It's different. But for the next record, I mean, I'd be fine if we went back to no vocals again. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's not like we're going to be a vocal band all of a sudden. Mm. If we have vocals, we have vocals. But like, I mean, I personally love our style of like the first couple records that are just like just heavy, open improvisation with parts. Sure. But like, that's something that I, I really feel that that's us. That's, that's how we started. So yeah, we're, we flirt with that often. And the next record could be just that. How was the process uh, of um, conception, conceivement of the lyrics? Uh, was also a sort of improvisation or uh, did you write? Uh, how, how was it? For the, for the lyrics, I always, whenever I've written lyrics for anything in any band, I always hear like the melody of it first. So I, I hear how I want the vocals to phrase, how I want the enunciation. So what I do is... I will write to that. I will make words fit. And a lot of times it doesn't make much sense. I'm just trying to make it work with how I want the vocals to sound. If I want to end on an ah or an oh, like I'm going to put a word to fit that. And it's like take a bunch of words and make it work and make it sound interesting lyrically. So, so just that's my approach. The voice in that way is an instrument as well, no? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, 
I, I just love melody. And to me, melody and phrasing is, to me, the beauty of a melody and phrasing, um, it hits me very strongly. Um, it's very infectious. Like good lyrics, like amazing. I'm not the greatest lyric writer. I don't, I don't practice at it enough. So I'm willing to not be like Towns Van Zandt or Bob Dylan and write these amazing words. But I, I want at least a melody and something to get stuck in your head. You know, that's what I would, that's, I'm okay with that. I feel very comfortable and happy in that. But I wish I could write lyrics like Town Van Zandt <laughs> or Bob Dylan. And I'm practicing, not very much, I mean, but that's a goal. Maybe that's definitely. 2021 goal. <laughs> if we write with lyrics, but I think it's going to be an instrument. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? We yeah, are, yeah, I don't know. We are up for anything as, uh, oh. uh, awesome. as listeners. Uh, you know, release-wise... Uh, Uh, you released uh, uh, Black Heaven in 2018, uh, if I'm not wrong, your fourth uh, uh, studio album. Uh, what are, are you up to now? We are writing new music. We're getting close to having a new record ready to go into the studio. And the music that we've written so far, collectively, it's, the, it's our favorite music that we've ever written. We're all very excited. It's nice to be together and write together the way we are and have this mutual excitement and have songs just come together naturally that's usually the bet when the song's really good you know i keep finding when it's something that just happens really naturally and quick that's the good stuff most of the time so we're in that zone right now and we're continuing to write so hopefully we'll we'll get to recording this year that's a goal and have it released sometime Hopefully, but well, we don't know yet. We, mm -hmm. We're not certain. And then we're, we've got a live stream coming up this Saturday, January 16th, live at the Casbah. So we're doing that as well. So mm -hmm. we have I practice do. tonight and it's going to be fun. I haven't practiced with them in a couple months, so it'll be good. For uh, this live stream, uh, uh, but also uh, for the live in the Mojave Desert, uh, is uh, the set list including uh, some some of the new stuff or uh, you're sticking to, to the previous night? Yeah, it, it should. The live at the Mojave is older stuff. But tonight, uh, I mean, the live stream at the Casbah on, on the 16th, yeah, that'll, that'll have some new stuff and stuff we don't even know what we're playing yet. Mm -hmm. It might go off into a different tangent, so, which I hope it does. I assume uh, uh, in live uh, you, uh, you really take off uh, on uh, improvisation. Uh, was there, uh, like, any time, uh, a moment in which, uh, as band, you took off so much from a song that uh, maybe you didn't know anymore which song uh, you were playing? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. What, what do you do then? You just keep going. And the, the, the cool thing about improvisation is there's no wrong choices. And if you got three people, they're doing different things. And where you land is where you land. There's... You know, sometimes it's more graceful and beautiful. Sometimes it's a little bit more chaotic, but that's the, the joy about improvisation. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, and you're getting something unique to that moment in time, to that show. You're getting something unique for yourself and the people in the audience being a part of it with you. You're getting something unique. Hopefully you go way out and you don't come back, but you go somewhere that you would have never gone before 
you could have even conceived. So that's that's the goal always. Mm-hmm. And that's that's finding that fine line on the fringe out there. That's that's where you want to be. That's where the music is. That's where the to me the beauty is, the the expression. And that's that's the goal always. How is uh, uh, also considering uh, <clears throat> the love you have for um, improvisation? Uh, how is the creative process uh, of a studio of uh, of the studio album, and then uh, how you work uh, in the while you are recording? It's pretty straightforward. I mean, if we're doing songs that have parts, you know, like verse, chorus, this and that, it's just a matter of getting a good take. You, you practice it, you know the parts. It's kind of like being on autopilot. You don't have to think. You know you're counting four here, you're counting four here, yada, yada. Sorry about that. That's it. That part is kind of easy. As long as there's a good sound in the studio and everyone's playing nice and no clubs, fantastic. But if we're doing songs like we did on, you know, the first three records where it's improvisation, you know, like... Um, you are testing it's all about, here. Yeah, hopefully it's, it's fixing it. Yeah, it's all about vibe. You know, just like studio, you want good vibe all the time. But like for improvisation, you know, like we did a Lulu Rock in the studio. Like one day we were doing it like three or four times and it just wasn't coming together. So we were like, okay, we're done for the day. The next morning we come in at like 10 or 11 a.m. And we start with a Lulu rock, boom, first take, that's the one. So it's like, it depends on on your vibe. If you're beating something to death, if, if it's an improvisational like flow song, it's got to be fresh. Like I always find it's usually the first take that's going to be the one. So it, it's totally two different, um, it's two uh, different tra- frames of thought or whatever. I don't know. That's how I go into the studio with these guys, with Earthless. Um, which is them fucking messaging me right now so much right now about <laughs> the practice this week and fucking hell. Sorry, I, I don't know how to turn that off on my computer, but whatever. Okay, I hope uh, somebody stops <laughs> writing you. Yeah, I hope so too, because it's annoying. Yeah, uh, but I think... Sorry, guys, if you hear this, but fuck, stop writing. I think it's doing better for my, uh, for my ear, step by step. I have a uh, direct question. Is uh, music uh, paying your rent and bills? It has been. Yeah, it does. When when we're on tour, yeah, I mean, we are able to sustain a livelihood with it. With it not happening, it's a little bit more tricky. I, I also give guitar lessons online. Uh, that's been picking up for me to kind of take care of the lack of touring, um, but at the same time, you know, it's different. It's it's hard, you know. I assume uh, 2020 was a pretty shit year. It, I think, like, emotionally, even just getting into that whole new way of living that we're, we're not doing what we used to doing all the time, that was, uh, I think, mentally that it was very taxing and emotional for a lot of people on us. Like, you know, you're used to doing this and like used to going on tour and making money and we go, fuck, we're not doing that anymore. Psychologically, it, it, it was a fuck to the head, big fuck to the head. 
But I, fortunately, my situation allows me to be able to teach and things are okay. I'm, I'm able to have a pretty comfortable, not too stressful of a life right now with that. I hope we'll keep that way. I want to shut that fucker off. Fuck off! What's Sorry. that? Maybe I can help you? So, like, for the, for the voice message, it's got, like, this ping. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, what's that? Uh, like, uh, which program is that? Oh, it's just iMessage. Okay. And it's only on my, my laptop, which I'm doing right now. Can't you maybe just close the, the program for... Uh... Oh, it, it wasn't on. Okay. No, it's just... I, I think they're done. Okay, super. Uh... <laughs> Sorry about that, David. <laughs> no worries, man. It was distracting. I'm trying to think and... Bing! Don't <laughs> fall asleep. Right. Uh, I think I... Hey, awake. Think I'm able to hear again? I hope so. Well, if, I mean, if, at the very least, that's that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you have you thought, uh, as you just said, uh, uh, the way to sustainability for uh, the band is basically to tour around and play pretty intensively? Um, have you thought about uh, I don't know some change you you should make in the future? Uh, uh, in order to to keep the sustainability of the band, I mean, assuming that we don't know exactly what what will be the future. Uh, I mean, I hope, of course, that everything will go back to perfect normality. But what's yeah, up, yeah. What's, I've, I'm sure you thought many times about it. Um, I th- I think the only things I think we're thinking about is yeah, live streams are helpful. You know, it's monetarily, financially, it, it helps a little bit. You know, it puts puts some money in our pockets and the other guys have families. So, yeah, any income is great. Cool thing about live streams, they're all going to be local. So it's not, we don't have to go on tour. You know, we'll, everyone will be home at night. So the the cost of it all is, is very low. And uh, you'll be up for breakfast and, you know, help help the family and, you know, everything. That and write as much as possible. And if you can get in the studio, do it. I mean, I don't know. We haven't we haven't released a record yet in this situation. And I don't I know records are being released, labels are still doing it. I haven't really kept my eye on how all that's going. I, I think record sales are doing pretty good. I think people are still buying records because yeah, they're least, home all the day. Only thing we can do, huh? Yeah. So I think I think it's going well. So I think releasing records and maybe doing some special releases or something like that, just keep pumping things out would, would also be of, of benefit. Um, but just being creative, using the time as much as possible to, to be creative and... I got uh, one... Uh... Uh, last question. I mean, a second to last. Uh, many people say when uh, when when we're talking with the artist to stick to music, uh, but of course, I'm talking with you that you are in California, US. Uh, uh, so it's pretty difficult to me uh, not to uh, talk about politics. 2020, of course, has been a, a difficult year for the whole world, but uh, uh, especially for the U.S., uh, considering everything that happened. Uh, 
Uh, you just came back to the US uh, uh, last week. Uh, what are your thoughts about what happened uh, in Washington, D.C.? Amazing. Uh, and not in a good way. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's shocking. It's totally shocking. It, it, it felt like a mutiny. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, if you would have had the Black Lives Matter people, I'm just going there right now. If you would have had that group of people, white or black, any color, doing that, it would have been a very different story. That would have never happened. For some reason, all those people were able to get into that White House and do what they did. I don't know. It's just, I think it's fucked up. I think it's really fucked up. It's fucked up. I'm, I, uh, I'm glad... Trump is leaving. I wish he would have gone, never even showed up in the He's a terrible human being. And the fact that he was even elected just makes me really, uh, I don't know, it's embarrassing. And in the fucking global community think he's a fucking joke, which he is a joke. He's a piece of shit. I'm going there. It's okay. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. But yeah, you can't go out with a bang, I guess, you know. You, 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 you have to go out with a bang in which I guess that was his bang. It's terrible. I don't know. It just, it feels like more people here in San Diego too. Like I never really saw much of any political, you know, people really wa waving their own personal flags ever growing up in California. Like you see an Obama sticker, you see a Bush sticker and it's very tame, very, very tame. But as soon as Trump was here, As soon as these elections were going on back in October, November, all that stuff was happening. I'd never seen so much pride for any election, for any candidate ever. That's just me. I, I'm not blind to it, but that's just me. But just Trump people going down the streets, like huge trucks with American flags, Confederate flags. Trump, 2020, make America great again. Fuck you if you don't like Trump. Like all this stuff that's like, whoa, like you're, you're being over, you're over asserting how you feel. And it's really offensive and, and threatening. I feel that it's like, it's over the top. I know both sides can be just as bad, but I've never seen so much just loud Trump love in my life or just any president love for my life. And I don't know. For me, I just can't help it. If you vote for Trump, that means you're sexist. You're you're a homophobic. You fucking have no respect for women. I'm sorry. If you vote for that guy, that to me instantly, that's you. And women that vote for Trump, people of color that vote for Trump, I don't get it because he fucking can't stand those people. He's proven himself over and over again to be a total asshole, and he doesn't care about anybody except himself. It's all weird. It's it's pretty messed up. It's on the surface, but it's so ugly, and it's not anything that I stand for. It's everything I'm not against. So, I mean, I assume that uh, that he sort of woke up a sort of uh, feeling sentiment that was uh, already sort of in the uh, within the U.S. citizens. Yes, absolutely. Because I mean, racism here is very strong. I guess racism everywhere is very strong. It really, it is. As soon as he was elected, like the next day, people were driving down the streets 
they were their chests were bigger and touted they had their american flags they had the pro trump they were driving down the street harassing people like their voice was now open to the world like they had their leader like where they, they were realized, they realized the sort this sort of thinking no? yeah man it, it was like the minute the minute he was elected all these people came out of the woodwork and it was volatile and it was a very racist I, i i didn't like it to me white people like racist white people that's the most scared of anyone i've ever been in my life first i don't know why but they fucking scare me and i've seen situations where i was very uncomfortable and they were out and proud and yeah it's just it's everything i'm against They're there. They're just crawling under a rock, but they're still there. They're always going to be there. Are you sort of a hopeful, considering uh, the new administration you're going to have? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I think it, the world is the way it is, and there's going to be plenty of conflict. I think I like the the people in office better. I don't really know too much yet. We have to see what happens. But anything's better than Trump to me. Mm. For for me, that's a total fact. I, I don't know. Everything's so fucked. For environmentally, everything's so fucked. I'm part of the problem. Everyone's part of the problem. I'm hopeful in what I can do for myself and for the people around me that I associate with, the people that I love. I'm hopeful to try to make our world better. I think I try to just do better things that I think are better for the world at large. You know, just being more mindful. I'm too small of a person. <laughs> I mean, we are all uh, small persons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when it comes to those people running the show, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not hopeful about anything without any of that, really. Okay, I, I say, I say um, uh, after this uh, shot of optimism <laughs> that we, uh, that we yeah. got, uh, I want to remind the viewers uh, that uh, Earthless is going to be uh, January 23rd, uh, Uh, I don't know about the time, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure our listeners and viewers can find it out. Uh, uh, live in the Mojave Desert uh, uh, is going to go actually on uh, five dates. Uh, uh, you're going to oh. start as Earthless, and then every second week uh, uh, there is going to be Nebula, Spirit Mother, uh, Mountain Tamer, uh, and a new band of uh, Brent Bjork and Nick Oliveri, which is called Stoner. Yeah. <laughs> A nice name, no? What, what do you think? I think that's, that's it's appropriate. <laughs> And those guys are really nice guys, so I bet they're having a good time with it all. I say, I think I, uh, the only thing left is to thank you for this uh, interview. And I really appreciate that you were uh, also willing to talk about uh, extra musical uh, stuff, so about a bit oh, yeah. about politics. I, I hope it didn't uh, ruin, ruin your day. <laughs> no, no. I don't know. I hope everyone stay positive. Yeah, I mean, stay positive. Uh, don't, and you know, don't listen to too much shit. <laughs> and uh, I mean, if also if even if you listen, uh, I think we have uh, we have to build a wall sometimes in order to to stay positive. No. Yeah, a little bit. Or meditate, meditate a lot, and focus on you know the uh, on the emptiness of all things, and you know that'll set you free, perhaps maybe. Sounds yeah. good. Uh, Isaiah, uh, thank you again and I see you uh, on January 23rd uh, uh, in the Mojave Desert. Awesome, David. <laughs> Looking forward to it.
<laughs> Thanks a lot and bye. Cheers, brother. Cheers, man. Ciao. Ciao.